Welcome to the Curiosity in History, Philosophy, and Science podcast, a journey through time, thought, and discovery. In today's episode, we are unraveling the mysteries of the stars and the stories of people who discovered them. Today, we embark on a journey through time to an era that transformed our understanding of the universe, the scientific revolution. Join me as we explore how the bold ideas of a few changed the course of astronomy forever. Picture a world where the Earth is the unchallenged center of the universe, a fixed point around which everything celestial rotates. This was the geocentric model. Imagine a solar system where everything rotates around the Earth. The planets, the sun, everything we know about space, the moon, everything rotates around the Earth. Well, yeah, the moon is true, but everything else, imagine that. That's pretty much what the people in the past had an understanding of. That's how people understood how the solar system worked. Now, this was the geocentric model, the cornerstone of astronomical beliefs of centuries, rooted deeply in both science and religion. Our journey begins here in the heart of this ancient worldview poised on the brink of monumental change. Into this scene steps Nicholas Copernicus, a Renaissance man in every sense. Born in 1473 in what is now Poland, Copernicus was not only an astronomer but also a mathematician, cleric, and a true polymath. His groundbreaking work, let me try pronouncing this, this seems in French, De Revolutionibus Orbium Celestium, or in English, On the Revolutions of the Celestial Spheres, dared to challenge the prevailing geocentric view. Copernicus proposed a radical idea. What if Earth, along with the other planets, revolved around the sun? Now, we know that this is true now, but back then to the people, it was a, it was a controversial thing. It was like everybody believed that Earth was the center of the universe. Now, suddenly this guy's out, out of here nowhere. He just believes that Earth rotates around the sun. And people were super confused at this point. Uh, it's like telling you that the sun is not the center of the solar system. It's like very confusing to you. And that's how exactly people felt back then. Copernicus proposed a radical idea. What if Earth, along with the other planets, revolved around the sun? This heliocentric model was revolutionary. It suggested a cosmos where Earth was not the center, but just another planet in orbit. But why did Copernicus challenge centuries of belief? It stemmed from a quest for a simpler, more elegant explanation of the heavens. The geocentric model with its complex system of epicycles and difference was becoming unwieldy, failing to accurately explain the movements of planets. Copernicus, through careful observation and calculation, saw a different cosmic order, a harmonious dance around the sun. The Renaissance was a time of rediscovery and questioning and just an era of curiosity. In this era of intellectual ferment, Copernicus's idea found very fertile ground. Yet proposing such a model was not without any risks. 
It appended not only scientific thought, but also theological beliefs. The Earth in motion? A sun-centered universe? These were rather radical and unsettling ideas, especially to the people in that era. For us, it's normal because we believe, because we know that it is true, but to those people who have never, and we're talking about people who have never seen the Earth, people have never been to the moon at this point, people have never seen the Earth, there, there are probably lots of flat earthers, not that there aren't any at this point, there are probably tons of them. People when believed um, ships, when they disappeared in the horizon, they thought the ships fell. That's the era we're talking about right now. Let's dig deeper into Copernicus's universe. Copernicus's heliocentric model. This model positioned the sun at the center with Earth and other planets orbiting it. This was a stark shift from the system where Earth was seen as a static heart of the universe. Copernicus's model, while not immediately complete or perfect, offered a new way to understand the celestial ballet. This wasn't just an academic exercise. It represented a fundamental shift in how humanity viewed itself in relation to the cosmos. This is how we see the universe. This is how we see our solar system at this point in time. And this wasn't how people saw it back then. Copernicus's heliocentric model didn't just recognize and reorganize the entire heavens and the cosmos. It redefined our place in them. People used to believe that we were the center of the universe. This model told people, no. We're not the center of the universe. We, like other planets, we revolve around the sun. We, our planet it revolves around the sun. This model emphasized this point. So it's obvious that there are going to be plenty of critics because people wouldn't believe this. The idea of a moving Earth contraindicated common experience. After all, we don't feel the Earth moving under our feet. Now, this is a whole another topic of discussion. Why... Do we not feel any movement if the Earth's moving, right? So essentially, in short, it's because the Earth is very big and any movement, we don't feel it because we are so tiny compared to the entire Earth. So um, getting back to our topic, the idea of a moving Earth also clashed with religious interpretations of the cosmos. Copernicus was acutely aware of these controversies, so he was always scared to talk about his work or publish his work uh, even for years because he was afraid that he would uh, receive backlash. Um, in 1543, the year he died, unfortunately, uh, the book I was talking about earlier, earlier um, the name's in Latin, so it's kind of hard to pronounce. Uh, I'll try anyway. De Revolutionibus. I think, that, I think that's right. Uh, it was finally published. Um, though Copernicus wouldn't live to see it, his work laid the important foundation for a new era in astronomy. It was a beacon that would guide future astronomers and thinkers like uh, Tycho Brahe, Johannes Kepler, and Galileo Galilei, very famous names uh, in astronomy. So these people would build upon and cement the heliocentric view. They would further research on this and they would finally uh, publish uh, well, it was already published, but he, they would further solidify his heliocentric view, and that's the view we know we run by today.
While we take a short break from this podcast, let's talk about the new episode of the Curiosity in History, Philosophy, and Science podcast. Uh, it's still going to be very historical, philosophical, and scientific theming related, but it's probably going to be more of a historical one this time because this one we focused on the scientific and astronomical aspect. So stay tuned. Welcome back. So let's talk more about the aftermath and the evolution of the heliocentric theory. So the publication of the revolutionary bus didn't immediately overturn the geocentric view at all. Uh, rather, the geo uh, heliocentric model was a seed planted in the fertile soil of a changing world, one that needed time to germinate. In the decades following Copernicus's death, other astronomers took up the torch, each contributing vital pieces to this cosmic puzzle. So. I mispronounced this uh, astronomer's name earlier. I said Tycho Brahe. That's how it's pronounced. But uh, I mean, that's how it's spelled. But upon researching more and looking into this astronomer, his name is apparently pronounced as Tycho Brahe. So I'm going to stick to that one now. So Tycho Brahe was a, a Danish nobleman and astronomer with his precise observations, the most accurate before the telescope. Uh, Brahe changed the refined aspects of both geocentric and heliocentric models. Uh, while he didn't fully embrace Copernicus's idea, his data was, were invaluable for those who would. Next, uh, Johannes Kepler. We know about Kepler. Uh, he has a famous name in astronomy. He was uh, Tikersbrah's assistant and a brilliant mathematician in his own right. So Kepler took Brah's met uh, meticulous observations and he made a leap of genius. He formulated the laws of planetary motion, proving mathematically that planets orbit the sun, not in perfect circles, as Copernicus thought, but in ellipses. Kepler's law, that, that's, that's one of the famous things we know him by. If he, if he took physics, you know the Kepler's law. So Kepler's law were, it was a monumental step forward, giving the heliocentric model a solid mathematical foundation. So next up, we have the famous Galileo Galilei. It's quite a tongue twister, um, if you ask me. But he's a very famous name in astronomy. So with his telescopic observations, Galileo provided tangible visual proof of a sun-centered system. He observed the phases of Venus and the moon's orbiting Jupiter, phenomena that were inexplicable in a geocentric framework. So if you followed a geocentric framework where the Earth was a center and Sun and the other planets were revolving around it, Galileo's observations would not make any sense. So Galileo's advocacy for heliocentrism, articulated in his 1632 work, Dialogue Concerning the Two Chief World Systems. That's the name of his work. Um, I'm pretty sure it's a publication. So this brought him into conflict with the church. Because remember, this whole heliocentrism and geocentrism thing, the whole framework, it was also a religious interpretation. The, uh, the church believed in geocentrism. So this uh, brought him into conflict with the church. So this marked as a pivotal moment in the intersection of science, philosophy, and religion. 
So these, uh, these men, these astronomers building on Copernicus's legacy, transformed our understanding of the universe. So their work was more than just uh, a scientific advancement. It was a shift in human thought, uh, a realignment for our place in the cosmos. So when the Earth was the center of the universe, that's how we believed, from that to sun revolving around the, I mean, sorry, uh, the Earth revolving around the sun, it was a whole realignment for our place in the cosmos. So their work were, was uh, more than just merely a scientific advancement. So as we reflect on this remarkable period in this history, it's clear that the scientific revolution was more than just new theories and telescopes. It was about challenging long-held beliefs, about daring to think differently and to see the world from a new perspective. The heliocentric model was a radical departure from centuries of geocentric thought. It redefined our understanding of the universe and our place within it. It was a shift that laid the foundations for modern astronomy and indeed for modern science itself. The scientific revolution taught us an invaluable lesson. Knowledge evolves. It showed us that questioning, exploring, and testing the boundaries of our understanding are the essence of scientific inquiry. It's a lesson that continues to drive scientific progress today as we keep looking to the stars for answers and for inspiration. I would like to thank you for joining me on this journey through the scientific revolution. As we've seen, the path to understanding our universe is as fast and winding as the cosmos itself. Until next time, keep looking up and questioning. Stay curious. This is the Curiosity in History, Philosophy, and Science podcast signing off.